from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Greatness at times is defined by overcoming obstacles. And some of the greatest of all time we've seen in every sport are defined not just by their playoff success, but by their playoff success through something, whether it's injury or illness. They become defining moments. Is it possible this weekend the legacy of Patrick Mahomes, which is already so cemented, grows even larger as he gets his shot at his version of a flu game. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. All you got to do is tell them to play ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, if you are watching us in the ESPN app, we need to acknowledge this before we go any further. I'm telling you, we are dapper today. Uh, last week, Harry Douglas was wearing a suit one day, and Harry, you talked about your dad telling you to dress for success, and now look at what we got for our first Wednesday. This is, this is happening. It is real. We look good. So I, right now, like literally my, my mom and dad, they want to say thank y'all, man, for something that they started with me and my brother and my sister uh, growing up in high school. And then now it's on ESPN Radio every Wednesday. We're going to, you know, dress for success. And I, I want to encourage everyone listening or watching, if you're, if you're dressed to the T today on, on this Wednesday, take a picture and tweet us at Jason Fitz and at HDouglas83. We want to see y'all because this show – Y'all are a part of in a major way. You know, I love that because we're we're still working on We've got a little list of some people that are going to get some swag when it gets oh, made. Yeah. When it gets made. Uh, if you tweet us a picture today, we'll pick one and we'll uh, we'll give that person, that person will get the, the pack of swag when it comes out. It's just still, still developing. It takes a little time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but even Evan and Devin uh, joined in on this. Evan uh, looking dapper in a... Uh, even. A, uh, well, I mean, even because I was, wasn't sure. Evan looking dapper in a custom suit. Devin, I see you, Evan. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, and now he goes and turns on the light. Got to make sure you really see him well on the app. Uh, Devin dressed a little bit more like the substitute biology teacher that Whoa. put on the tie. There will be no, definitely, I mean, I'm definitely giving him a hard time. There will be no substitute. dress shaming on Dress not, for Success Wednesday. I, well, I mean, I just maybe we define success a little differently. We're going to make you quit. We're going to make you quit before the day over if you're a substitute teacher, Devin. We're going to make you quit. Boss. Devin looks like he came in like he's got a side <laughs> Hustle. He's just waking to really make it. So he's substitute he's, teachers are people too. Biology teacher. He's probably also telling you about the really cool youth group that he's involved in on the side. Like he's got that cool teacher. I didn't iron this, even though I could have vibe today, Dev. Oh, I don't really want to be here. What did I say about no shaming on Dress for Success Wednesday? <laughs> That's already out the window. I mean, Devin got biology teacher, some guy who works in screening, Ben, I'll call him out, walked up to me and goes, you look like a shorter Jason Garrett. Yeah. That, I, so I, I'm just going to let the world know that there are several people have stuck their head and have been like, where's mini Jason Garrett around the uh, office today? So there's definitely uh, definitely a vibe. Uh, I think I'm a better play caller. So, ooh, 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 ooh. At H. Douglas 83, at Jason Fitz, tweet us a picture of you dressed for success on Wednesday. We're going to pick somebody every Wednesday that gets a, a little pack of Fitz and Harry gear. Uh, what we know is that Patrick Mahomes always dressed for success, and we know that he could be dressed for even more success next week. Like I think we all agree that the legacy of Patrick Mahomes is already astronomical, but when you're mm-hmm. talking about a high ankle sprain and you're talking about what that injury could mean, I want you to hear what Stefania Bell, ESPN injury analyst, said this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max about Mahomes and whether or not he can come back from this injury. 
it could have been worse, so uh, we can always look at that. But this is a tough injury to come back from in a week. Even if you have a mild high ankle sprain, it's typically more than a week to resolve. And when you're talking about somebody with the mobility of Patrick Mahomes, that's what's going to be tough. You might get him back on the field. We won't know that till later this week. But can he be the guy that's brought you uh, to this point in the season? That'll be the big question. I mean, can a less than 100% Mahomes beat Burrow is a question we've been talking about all week. But, I mean, we love these dramatic moments, right, HC? Like, when you think yes, about the pogo stick leg we were watching last week, if we get mm-hmm. that again in the AFC Championship game and the Chiefs <laughs> win, who going to blow up? No, this 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 is going to be big for Patrick Mahomes. If he's able to go into this game with a high ankle sprain and can perform at a level to in which the Kansas City Chiefs can beat Joe Burrow and company, that's going to be monumental. And you already mentioned, Fitz, that his legacy is already cemented. Now you want to start adding things to it. And when I mean adding things to it, what's on the line for Patrick Mahomes within this ball game? You get another opportunity to go play for a second Super Bowl that you want to add to your resume. You get an opportunity to keep that crown that you now wear because it's not Joe Burrows. It is Patrick Mahomes. You get an opportunity to keep that crown. Not to mention... Everyone told you before this season, or majority of people told you before this season, that you couldn't do it without Tyreek Hill. Here you are sitting in the AFC Championship game with an opportunity to play for another Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill. So there's a lot on the line in this ballgame. And last but not least, though, Fitz, he's 0-3 versus Joe Burrow. You want to get a win in that column at some point in your career. What better way is it to do it while you're hurt and going out there and playing versus Joe Burrow this weekend in the AFC Championship game. It, it it hits me. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. When you think about drama, and, and, and we love to be able to go back. I, like, I, I think about what it's like for all of us as fans. I'm going to put my fan hat on for a second, HC. You know this. When you go back and you think of the greatest moments in sports, you love telling the story around it, right? Like Everybody knows that. The, the grandpa that sits at the table and tells you this long, drawn-out, beautiful story about uh, – what it was like to watch a particular athlete in a particular moment. Everybody always, I mentioned the flu game in the beginning because it feels like you can't even have a Michael Jordan conversation anymore without then eventually mentioning the flu game, right? Like (laughs) it's just part of what, what grows. It's like the, the legend grows and grows and grows. For me, there's this moment of Mahomes where we haven't yet gotten to the point where we simply normalize his greatness. Like we still seem to be enjoying his greatness, which is beautiful to me. The question is just like, if he goes in on one leg and does this, does that become the talking point for the next 20 years about, I remember when Mahomes, by the time we're like old, it'll be like, Mahomes didn't even have a foot and still went out there. Like, you know how that works, right? That's part yeah. of what, what blows us up because well, it's the Bengals too. It's a really good football team they're taking on. If you're if you're less than 100 and you beat a good football team to get to the Super Bowl, it just it, it magn- it's the Disney storybook we all want. We we seen Paul Pierce leave the game in a wheelchair, right? And come back and <laughs> as I roll my eyes, my goodness. We seen Paul Pierce leave the game in a wheelchair, come back and finish that game and get praised for it. And other people do talk about him too. Trust me, I do. There's no reason to leave in the wheelchair you can come back and play in the game. But Patrick Mahomes, within this matchup, if he can go out there and do something that a lot of people think is slim to none to do, because number one, he's not 100%, and it's already a struggle to beat Joe Burrow and company when he is 100%, that's going to be magnificent. But I'll tell you this, his defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnuolo, Patrick Mahomes need to go talk to him. Because I'm pretty sure Joe Burrow and Lou Anarumo, they, they tight, man, because Lou didn't came through for Joe Burrow. 
Spags, he ain't came through for Patrick Mahomes when it comes to Joe Burrow. He ain't came through for him. Go to, go holler at your boy, Pat. Yeah, you know, excuse me, I'm sorry, Patrick. I don't want Mama Mahomes on me. Yeah, Patrick. No, that, yeah, I don't want Mama Mahomes on my head. Mama Mahomes, you don't want her tweeting this. But you're right. Like, if this game becomes a shootout, that makes it even tougher to rely on Pogo Stick Mahomes, right? If mm-hmm. this game can be close, I mean, I'm just going to keep going with it. If this game can can remain close, and you know, there was a, a graphic this morning on SportsCenter about the pressure rate allowed by the Bengals uh, last week, which was uh, one of the lowest of the season for them. But they're taking on a Chiefs team with Chris Jones that, that gets after everybody all the time. This Chiefs defense is going to have to be a large part of the conversation because I don't think you can ask – Uh, and it's unfair, let me say it that way, to ask Mahomes to go out at less than 100% and suddenly put up 40 points. Like This this feels like it's going to take an all-around team effort to put Mahomes in the situation where he can have his Herculean MVP-like moment that we're so used to seeing from Mahomes that makes the legend grow. Like The defense is going to have to play well. Well, I think especially that defensive line because Joe Burrow does a hell of a job of getting the ball out of his hands quickly when his offensive line is compromised. And we've seen last week against the Buffalo Bills, three guys be down, but Joe Burrow made up for it. It didn't put his offensive line in compromisable situations. It actually made them look fantastic. If you're the Kansas City Chiefs, if you're Chris Jones and company, if you're Carl Office, if you're Frank Clark, you guys have to get your hands up to bat balls down because we know there are going to be moments where, you know, the Chiefs are playing man coverage on the back end and you do have those skill position players for the for the Cincinnati Bengals that can get loose. All right, so you guys want to chime in, and we love this. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. I'll tell you, not everybody agrees that uh, that this is a defining moment for Mahomes. So we'll take some of your calls. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. Your thoughts on what this could mean for Mahomes' legacy. Also, one double standard in the NFL that absolutely should be stopped especially when you see how stupid it would be if we applied it to the Chiefs. We'll do that for you next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Here's Prescott back, has time, throws out left, intercepted, ball got tipped up and taken by Fred Warner. For us to only put up the points that we did, that, that's unacceptable and it starts with me and I've got to be better. Hand off McCaffrey, touchdown! The San Francisco 49ers have earned their way back into the NFC Championship game next Sunday in Philadelphia by beating the Cowboys today 19-12. All right, we'll get to the Cowboys in a second because there's a double standard in the NFL that I, I like. I'm just going to tie on this hill over and over and over again. There's a double standard with the Cowboys that's got to stop. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. We'll get to the Cowboys, the Rhinestone Cowboys, in a second. We were just talking about Mahomes, the ankle. And if this is a chance to be that moment, that flu game moment that really raises the attention and legacy, I thought we had a nice conversation about it. Russell in Jacksonville disagrees with us. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776 is how you get in on the show. Russell, what you got, man? What's your take? What's up, fellas? I don't think it's going to be a Jordan-like you know, game like that because I remember being an ex-Cowboys fan <laughs> uh, when we played Green Bay in 2014. So let's not forget the, the Dez caught it uh, game. Aaron Rodgers had that calf. 
And that boy was hobbling around, getting around all of our defensive linemen, our linebackers, making first downs and whatnot. Never talked about since, ever. Thanks, fellas. Oh, that's Ooh. a good take. That no, is no, a... no, 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 okay, no, okay, no, 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 no. That's a terrible take, who, Russell. Who was Aaron Rodgers playing against in that game? The Cowboys. Okay. Uh, okay. Who was Patrick Mahomes going against? Uh, the Bengals. And who, who was the quarterback for the Bengals? Uh, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Okay. Has Patrick Mahomes won against Joe Burrow? No, he hasn't won against Joe Burrow. Okay, I rest my case. Okay. <laughs> I rest my case. Oh, hey, all right. So you guys can keep chiming in. Like trip. a ride stone cowboy. cowboy. <laughs> I don't know. This is just going to keep coming up. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Speaking of uh, music, by the way, as we play Rhinestone Cowboy, uh, speaking of the music side, in about 10 minutes, we're going to hang out with Huey Lewis, huge 49ers fan. Uh, you know, Huey Lewis in the news, legendary. Cannot wait for that. That's in about 10 minutes. We'll talk to him about 49ers fandom and being on the road. Have a little bit of fun there. But I, I want to talk about the Cowboys for a second because this mm-hmm. this hit me, you know, and I'm just sitting here and I'm watching this. And let me say this loudly. Again, Who are we talking about now? We're, we're talking about the rhinestone. The Devin, you, I thought you were going to hit that there, right there. Wait, who are we it's talking about? One. I deleted it. Sorry. Oh, it's gone. There's only one thing to do then. We're going to talk oh, about the Cowboys. Oh, but he's putting the hat on. The hat is okay. on. Oh, wow. This is a sleek. If you're watching us in the Watch ESPN app, you got Harry Douglas right now. He's got the <laughs> suit jacket on. He's got the turtleneck. Like, you look like you could be the badass character in a Quentin Tarantino movie ready to come in and just take yeah. us all down. I'm supposed to go to rodeo in March, but I can no no, no longer go because now I'm a part of Fitz and Harry. So which rodeo? Got to push that to the side. Which rodeo? The, the uh, in, in Texas, one of, one of my buddies up in New Hampshire. He goes to the rodeo every year. Knows the guy who puts it on. Yeah. I was supposed to roll with them, but you know that's no longer an fun option. Fun fact, but it's okay. It's okay. Fun fact you didn't ask for. At one point, the Houston rodeo attendance record was set by the band Perry. Mm-hmm. One of the few. Uh, wow. One of my favorite moments on the on the, on the wow. road was the Houston okay. rodeo. Okay. Okay. Humble okay. brag. All right. Let's get to football. Uh, the the Cowboys. I'm, I'm sitting there watching the Chiefs, and I'm watching the Chiefs, who I have so much respect for, and who I wake up uh, every night in a cold sweat realizing. Don't that try. No. Nah, don't try to no, butter I'm, it up. Get to. No. Nah, get to it. Don't try to butter it up. If the Chiefs Raiders had, fan. If the Chiefs had stars on their helmets like the Cowboys do, we would be destroying them for not doing more. Like going to the championship game, losing a Super Bowl, we would still be sitting here saying, "Well, they can't get over the hump." Every time, if it's the Cowboys, we sit here with this unrealistic expectation that gets put on everything because it's like, "Well, it's Super Bowl or bust for the Cowboys." If if you You've got the best quarterback in the NFL and the best head coach in the NFL, and you've got one Super Bowl and some AFC Championship losses and a Super Bowl loss to show for it. We would be absolutely vilifying and destroying them if they were the Cowboys instead of the Chiefs. Okay, let me go back in time for a second. Okay, the okay. The, the, the the organizations that have the most Super Bowls right now, you have the New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers both with six. Mm-hmm. You have the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys both with five. The Dallas Cowboys haven't made an NFC Championship game since 1996. They are America's team. They have the loudest owner. It's different when you put that star on your helmet, Fitz. Matter of fact, when you're done retiring, and Marcus Spears has touched on this plenty of times, when you retire and you play with the Dallas Cowboys, your job opportunities are different. And what I'm going to put the icing, I'm going to put the icing on the cake. When you talk about franchises, doesn't matter if you're talking about baseball, basketball, hockey, football. The wealthiest franchise in this country is the Dallas Cowboys at eight billion dollars. Uh, yeah, but I, that doesn't. So that, that's a that's a huge 
huge difference. Uh, yeah, to me, that's not. Like, that shouldn't change the way. You're right. That's a difference in the way the brand, the popularity of the brand. But if I mm-hmm. walk in, if I'm walking in tomorrow to do a taste test between soda brands, should it matter if I'm doing a blind taste test? Should I treat those, those sodas different based on the fact that one's more popular? Should I treat a restaurant different because this one's a mom and pop one and this one's a multi-million dollar chain? No. Great food's great food. Great drinks are great drinks. And you, mm-hmm. ju- you judge everything equally on the same plane. You're right. It's been a long time since the Cowboys won a Super Bowl. The last time they won a Super Bowl was 1995, right? Like, that's the last time that they Ooh, won a Lord. Super Bowl. But that's the last time— That's when I was here at Atlanta fun t- uh, fundraising at Freak Yeah, But the last, the last time the 49ers won a Super Bowl that's was 94. And we're, like, mm-hmm. the 49ers are a huge brand. The last time they won a Super Bowl was 94. We Can don't I ask sit you there a question? and say, oh, my God. Can I ask well, you a question? Sure. When was the last time you seen the San Francisco 49ers in a Super Bowl, though? Well, I mean, okay, so. Uh, when was the last time you see the San Francisco 49ers in a NFC Championship game? Uh, uh, understood, but do we well, not? Well, damn, Fitz, they playing this weekend. Where yeah. are the Cowboys right now? But but They're at home watching everybody else on championship weekend as they have been since 1997. So we're moving, the, but we're moving the goalposts. Like, is it about winning Super Bowls or getting to Super Bowls? Because all I ever hear is that, you know, quarterbacks. But you brought up the Chiefs. Yeah. But you brought up the Chiefs. The Chiefs, since Patrick Mahomes has been the starting quarterback, have been to five straight AFC championship games. The first year, they would have made a Super Bowl that year if a player had discipline and didn't jump off sides. But it's okay. They didn't go that year. The following year, what did they do, Fitz? They went and won the Super Bowl. What did they do the year after that, Fitz, after hosting another AFC championship game? They lost in the Super Bowl with a depleted offensive line against a team in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that had dogs over there on the defensive side of the ball. Last year, they made the AFC championship game. They lost to the Cincinnati so, Bengals, so, who or, went on to go to the Super Bowl. But you're, you're giving me context to the losses. Are we going to sit there and look at context to every one of the Cowboys' losses? We Can the Cowboys con- get to a championship game before we even is it, have this is argument? It their fault, is it their fault that a catch was ruled not a catch? I mean, like... Where, we, where do you draw the line on this? Like, uh, context can, has to matter to all of it. Like, I, can, it, can they get out of the division round? Can I, I, they get out of the division round? So you you and I both remember when the Eagles kept going to the NFC Championship game. And every time mm-hmm. the Eagles went to the NFC Championship game and didn't get there mm-hmm. at the time, the stupidest narrative that was out there in the world was, well, you know, all of a sudden, maybe Andy Reid can't win the big game because all he can do is get the Eagles to the NFC Championship. Donovan McNabb can't win the big game because all they're doing is getting to the NFC Championship game. Like, we mm-hmm. pick and choose when to apply that narrative. My answer here isn't to trash the Chiefs. My answer is to stop holding everybody no, no, else no, to a no, different no, standard no. than the Chiefs. The no, Cowboys no, shouldn't no. be held to any different standard than the Kansas no. City Chiefs. No, back then, Andy Reid, he had one Super Bowl appearance. How many times did he get how many times did he win the Super Bowl when he was with the Eagles? None. Patrick Mahomes has a Super Bowl win. The Chiefs have a Super Bowl I, win I within that window. I listened to another sports talk show yesterday tell me that the only time, like, why are we talking about Aaron Rodgers? Because it's been 15 years since he won one Super Bowl. And we have definitely heard the topic on on, on our air when, yeah. when Green Bay wasn't doing enough where it was, but they haven't maximized Aaron Rodgers because they only have one Super Bowl. So that's a fair conversation for Green Bay, but we're not allowed to have it for Kansas City. It's a stupid conversation for Green Bay. And we shouldn't have it with Kansas City, but we also shouldn't have it with the Cowboys. Like we sit here and pretend that it's easy to win a Super Bowl. It's not. If you're just in the conversation, I don't pretend. 
Well, I don't pretend we, we that it's easy to win a Super Bowl because I know how hard it is to try to. I never got to one, so I damn sure know how hard it is to get to one. I, I'm not going to sit here and fault the Cowboys for not going to a Super Bowl when the Jags, the 49ers, the Panthers. You can't even keep saying Super Bowl with the Cowboys. That's what we need. That's what we messing up at. We need, that's the conversation we need to stop having. You, but we you need know, to stop comparing the Cowboys and Super Bowls because they ain't been to one since what 1996. They've yeah. been the one since then. And you know who's been who it's been even longer for the 49ers, the the Washington no, no, no. The Commanders, ca- no, no, no. The, the Chicago no, no, no. Bears. The 49ers have been to one since they won. That's one. how Patrick since Mahomes got one. his fir- this first one. Okay, so uh, then let's go to Washington. The, the Commanders. 49ers have played in the a- the NFC Championship game, bro, what? 3 of the last 4 years? Okay, so then let's let's dump the 49ers out of this conversation. What are we talking about? Uh, what we're talking about is the way we judge the Cowboys. Like the Commanders, how long has it been since the Commanders were it's in a Super Bowl? America's team. It, bro. I don't I don't care. I don't care. It's our job to cover everything equally. It doesn't matter whether it's America's team. It doesn't matter whether it's the Jags that barely anybody cares about. You know damn well that we should be able to sit on air and talk about the Titans with the same level of passion that we talk about the Cowboys, but we don't. That's not how our world works, though. But but Our our, world doesn't work like that. But uh, but the answer is not to just accept that. Everything isn't fair in our world. uh, Everything doesn't work It doesn't have to be fair, but we can be better. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to hold the... I'm not going to hold the Cowboys to any different standard. Than I hold any of the other teams. That, that's that's all I'm asking for. Well, tell the owner to stop doing the interviews because every other own, owner doesn't do it right after the game. So tell him to stop doing all that. I mean, uh, why? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of things we can go to. He's, he's out there making money. He's making money off of every stadium too. Like I mean, at the end of the day, like he's got he's a businessman. I'm not faulting his business. I'm faulting the way we cover his business. Fitz and Harry brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. All things 49ers coming up with one of their biggest fans, a music legend, Huey Lewis, going to join us. Next, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. I mean, it's fun for a little bit, but it's more once you get in the locker room, you're just, all right, now let's move on to the next one. And they display why they were the number one defense tonight. The biggest thing in playoff football is just to get the win, however however you can, by any means necessary. I mean, we got a big game this week, and that's not our ultimate goal either. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Jason Fitz, hanging out with Harry Douglas. Going to have a little bit of fun coming up here, and uh, I- I'm excited for this. I'm excited for this. Devin, I think you got you got a little, little song for me get me hyped. Devin, we got... Oh, I'm not going to lie. I got goosebumps. When you think 49ers, when you think fans... You guys might remember some of the videos in the 80s and 90s. Huey Lewis, the great Huey Lewis, huge 49ers fan, joining us now on Fitz and Harry. Uh, Huey, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate you hanging out with us. I I love your 49ers fandom. I got to ask, out of the gate, do you have a favorite memory of any time in your life that you got to watch your favorite team play? Uh, one more time. Did I, what, the favorite ta- memory that I have, what's that? One more time. Favorite memory of watching the 49ers play? The catch. I was, I was in, the, in the park for the catch. Uh, that was my favorite moment when, I, when, I, when we realized we finally beat the Dallas Cowboys. 
And Hugh, I got to ask you, when you were on tour, how did people keep you updated on the game that was being played by the 49ers? How did they keep me updated? Yep, on the 49ers like, games. Like while you were playing, you I, if you were playing a show, did they did anybody update you mid-show on a game? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're all, you know, we're all from the Bay Area. So the whole band and crew in the Bay Area, we're all fans. And yeah, we'd get little, you know, from the side, from the wings of the stage. Sure, updates. What was it like for you having some 49ers in some of your videos? Cool moment where worlds collide. Well, well, I, I actually, you know, on Hip To Be Square, the song Hip To Be Square, the here, there, and everywhere, is actually Joe Montana, uh, Ricky Ellison, Ronnie Lott, and, um, uh, and Dwight Clark. Uh, and, and the very last Hip To Be Square on the record is actually Dwight singing by himself. It turned it, it was it happened because we met at a kind of civic function, and they they professed themselves to be fans, and obviously I was a fan of theirs, and so they said, "Look, let us sing on one of your records, and we'll let you take a few snaps." And so I said, "Okay." So we had this idea where they could kind of shout on the record, and then we sang harmony over it, and they came in the studio, and it was really fun, really a fun deal. This Sunday, the San Francisco 49ers, they're facing the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. Are you going to the game? And if you're not, where are you going to be watching the game at? Yeah, I'm going to watch it with my kid, my son, uh, in L.A. He, uh, he works for Jimmy Kimmel and lives in L.A. So I'll either watch it there or at Jimmy Kimmel's house. And, uh, man, it's going to be a heck of a game. Wait, wait, wait. Well, can, can we get an invite? I mean, My goodness. I mean, we'd like to go to Jimmy Kimmel's house. What do you like when you go to watch the game at Jimmy Kimmel's house? Do you bring anything or does, does, does Kimmel provide it all? Oh, he provides it all. He, he's got, you know, he's, he's got all, most, half of his friends are great chefs. So the food will be incredible. And he's always done Super Bowl parties forever. And so uh, it'll be a fun day for sure. Well, tell, tell Jimmy uh, that Harry Douglas said. Hopefully the, hopefully the 49ers will be in the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, so I need you to tell Jimmy that Harry Douglas needs one thing. I just need a bottle of tequila, baby. That's all I need, Huey. <laughs> tell Jimmy I need a bottle of tequila. That's it. <laughs> oh. All right, Huey. Uh, I'm a huge fan. We're all huge fans. You sing these songs every night. And... You know, it's always funny to me when you do these songs every night. Some of them, you know, over time, maybe you get a little tired of them, maybe you don't. What's your favorite song to sing every time that you get to play? Uh, well, unfortunately, because of my hearing, I can't sing anymore. I can't hear music well enough to even hear pitch. You know, I'm I'm almost deaf. Uh, but um, but you know, and it's it's been a tough pill to swallow. I haven't haven't performed in five years. I literally can't hear music. It it sounds like noise to me. But when I could, my favorite song was always the new one, you know, because you're not allowed to play favorites. We we write them ourselves and produce them, so you got to do, you know, the new the new song was always the most fun to play. Huey, we appreciate you hanging out with us. I bottle of tequila. I, tell I, Jimmy, I, I need a bottle of tequila. I I, uh, I spent a lot of my life for years on a tour bus. You are a huge influence to so many people that made music in in many genres. Man, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Uh, Harry Harry works on the bottle of tequila. I'm just happy to talk to you, my friend. Thanks for hanging out with us. You bet. Thanks so much. Go for it, Anders.
Chewy Lewis uh, hanging out with us there. And uh, uh, hey, Devin. Can- hanging, hanging with Jimmy Kimmel. My I mean, goodness. Yeah, uh, I, I played Kimmel multiple times. Uh, humble brag. Uh, can we can we get a story time? We weren't asking about you. Story time? Story time? <laughs> Sit down <laughs> and listen. Here we go, baby. <laughs> this is Story Time with Fitz and Harry. I'll be honest with you, Harry. There are very few times in my life I've ever found myself, like, starstruck. No doubt about it. First time I was ever in a room, Stevie Wonder walked in. Starstruck. Didn't know what to say. Absolutely dumbfounded. First time I ever... Uh, I the, just First time I ever talked to Richie Sambora. Starstruck. But I, love you. I will tell you, sitting backstage, Phil Vassar I played for for a while in country music, and Phil and Huey are good friends, and we're friends for a long time. They did some recordings together. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Huey was going to be there. And I just walk in backstage and there's Huey Lewis. Like that is one of the few times that I did what you do like when you're when you're awkward and you don't know what to do in that situation. I just stood in the room for a long time pretending I needed like the water that wasn't there or I was looking for something, just hoping that Phil would be like, hey, Fitz, come meet Huey. Like I did that. I did that hang out in the side of the room and just hope that I'm cool enough to meet Huey Lewis. How old were you then? Uh, a grown ass man. I mean, my my late twenties, probably early, like grown grown ass man. Yeah. Does that does that change the way you view me at all? No, not okay. at all. Okay. And by the way, if you ever see me hanging out with you and I'm just in the corner of the room pretending I'm looking for water, that's my way of being like, "Hey, Harry, introduce me to your famous friend." That's what happens. Uh, now all of a sudden, I'm room for the forty nineers. Uh, I know. You know, you got a whole Rolodex. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I can already tell you that if you like to get your NFL draft content in the digital form, a little loose, having a good time, a lot of laughs, well, way you can get that this year, yet again, hang out with me, hang out with Harry Douglas, we'll be doing it, which means it's never too early to look at mock drafts, and today, Mel Kuyper has put out his first mock draft of the year. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers, all you're going to do is tell them to play ESPN Radio. Now, couple of things here I just want to be very clear about. I've been told I can't drink on set during the draft, Harry, so I'm just going to let you know now that I'm going to bring a bottle of water. We'll just go with water. And depending on what happens for the Raiders uh, in this draft, who will be picking seventh in the first round, depending on what happens, I might just start taking shots of that water. So we'll just see where the rest of the day goes. But one thing that surprised me, because Mel Kuyper Jr. came Mm -hmm. came out with his mock. Now, the first pick in the draft, he's got Jalen Carter, defensive tackle out of Georgia, going number one to the Chicago Bears. But then, at number two, the first quarterback on the board. And which quarterback is it? Well, it's C.J. Stroud, and this is what Mel had to say on Get Up about Stroud being the first quarterback off the board. The fact of the matter is his size, the way he throws accurately to all levels, that Georgia game in particular stood out the way he could move around and beat a defense with his legs when he needed to. Uh, C.J. Stroud could end up being the first quarterback off the board. Certainly in Mach 1.0, I want to shake it up a bit. If you got three that are equal, you get all these opinions, I put Stroud as the top quarterback coming off the board. I mean, mm. you buying that? You know how I feel about Bryce Young. And being able to watch Bryce Young play on multiple uh, of occasions, close up and in person, I'm not taking anybody over him. 
I'm just not because some of the things that he has and does on a football field, you talk about the, uh, the, the power of having instincts and being instinctive on a football field. There's no quarterback in this draft that, have, that has the instincts that Bryce Young has. The, no ar- the argument that they keep making, and I want to be really clear to everybody that, that may not be familiar with Bryce, you'll hear a lot that it's about his size, and people want to make that a height conversation. That is part of it. Height is not ideal for some NFL quarterbacks. When they're talking about size, though, it's really about being frail. He's a small dude. Some, mm-hmm. uh, some reports had him as low as 165 pounds at one point during the season. So you are talking about a small dude. But here's what I keep thinking about, Harry. Like, mm-hmm. It's not like he was playing against bad defenses or small defenses in college <laughs> football. Like My guy was getting knocked a you-know-what out and still getting up and playing against the Georgias of the world. So it's not like he can't take a hit. Didn't he play the University of Georgia twice last I mean, year? Like, the, 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 the first year Georgia won the national championship in the SEC championship game and also the national championship game? Like I, I don't get it, Fitz, but give me somebody that I know is a, is a natural-born winner. Um, someone I know that... When they're facing adversity, they're going to be able to overcome from it. I can't help but think about, uh, about a year and a half ago when he's going against the Auburn Tigers and they're down seven points and they have that ball inside the 10-yard line and he leads that drive, that touchdown drive, and then finally wins that game in overtime. I can't help but, but to think about the number one defense that he played against uh, uh, in the Georgia Bulldogs in the SEC championship game and how he shredded them and made them look not like the number one defense in the country. I can't ignore those type of things. I can't ignore when we have college game day at the University of Texas this year and the situations that, that Bryce Young was put in and a drive that he led them in which a corner came on a corner cat blitz and had him dead in the water, should have sacked him, but Bryce Young found a way to get out of it and make a game-winning play. I can't help but to see the things I've seen from him against the Tennessee Volunteers while well, I see two and three defenders right there about to sack Bryce Young, but his instincts and the fact that he is elusive allow him to get away from that, and he still throw the ball down the field for 300-plus yards in that game. I can't ignore those type of things. I, I just can't. So Bryce Young, for me, is my number one quarterback. We yeah. love to talk about size all the time uh, and, and get it. Fitz, I was a guy that was undersized coming up, so it, it kills me when people talk about size all the time and makes it a main point of emphasis. The man is a gamer, and he's a baller. I would take him on my team 10 times out of 10. I'm just telling you now, like, if somebody takes Bryce Young, I understand. Like, I understand the risk. You you know how scared I am of risk at the quarterback position. You take Bryce Young, I understand the risk. It's interesting to me because the way this mock plays out for Mel, that got Jalen Carter at one to the Bears, which I think is, frankly, a great pick. Uh, mm-hmm. Then C.J. Stroud at two to the Texans. The Cardinals, who also don't need a quarterback, take Will Anderson Jr. All of that makes sense, which then has Bryce Young falling to four to the Colts. I mean, the Colts don't do anything, and they end up with what I think is, is probably the most logical top quarterback in this draft. But then he's got the Seahawks at five taking Will Levis. And explain this to me. Like, somebody make this make sense. Like, I understand. I I hear a lot about the offensive coordinator. I understand that, uh, you know, there's this mindset around Will Levis that he's got the right body frame and he throws, he can make every throw and he's going to be much faster than people even realize at the combine and he's physically tough and he's gifted dual throw. I understand all of that. I went back and re-watched Kentucky football this year. There are just questionable decisions Decisions against Vandy and Missouri. If you're th- and, and Mel keeps saying that turnovers don't matter. The hell they don't matter. They well, matter that's the worst to me. Thing. That's the worst thing I've heard because turnovers do matter. How a quarterback protects the football uh, because of the National Football League, you literally win and lose games based on turning the football f- football over. If you don't believe me, go ask the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Now I will say this: I think some of the people look at Will Levis because back in 2021, his offensive coordinator 
uh, came from the, the the Rams, right? He he was in that Rams system, that Shanahan system. So I think that's one of the things that a lot of people are looking at as well. He played in a pro-type system. Uh, but I will say this, and a lot of people like to bring up the five or four stars. Did Alabama have, you know, bona fide wide receivers this year? Uh, no, not like they've had. No, not at okay. all. Not all at right. all. I'm just making sure. I mean, I, I don't care if they even – there are four or five stars. Did they perform at a level that we seen Jerry, Judy, and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle when they was in no, at Alabama? Not at all. Not okay. at all. I, I want to make sure. And there's I a, tripping. There's a moment for me with the Will Levis conversation that I keep thinking about lesser competition. Like, I, I got no problem with, look, I don't have great weapons around me and I'm pushing the football and they're making bad plays and as a result, I don't look great. I, I can understand all that logic. I can understand the way you got to move that forward, Harry. But when I when I specifically mention Vandy and Missouri, it's because those two teams were not as good as Kentucky. So now you've got a quarterback making questionable throw, like throwing into triple coverage is not about your teammates letting you down. It's not about your weapons. It's about a quarterback making a bad decision and a bad read against a Vandy team that isn't as good as his football team. I want to see a quarterback that raises everybody up and that seems smart. The football IQ for Will Levis is questionable given, uh, I don't want to say that that blanket, but given the mistakes he's made, it makes me wonder if he's ready to take on the best defenses in the NFL. And if I don't see that, I'm not comfortable taking him. No, I, I agree with you 110%, but we all know the NFL is getting more like the NBA. A lot of people are uh, drafting off a of projection versus what they have have actually seen from these guys in college. Yeah, we didn't even get into the Anthony Richardson conversation, which is going to be a huge part of projection as well. Somebody that may not even be ready to step on a field. But we got for a different year rules when it comes to him, though. Yeah, it, it. Well, you're right about that. We'll keep breaking down all the draft content you need. But coming up, one franchise trolled two teams at the same time. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 